In this episode, Heidi and I pick up our discussion from last time about bad therapy, and we continue with that story. So make sure you've listened to the previous episode before you go into this episode. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist, and I'm joined by a friend of the podcast, Heidi Rogers. She is a licensed psychotherapist in Australia. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken. Just a couple of disclaimers here. This is not therapy. This is not specific life advice. There could very well be therapeutic interventions that we do not discuss. This should not be considered all-encompassing. This one might be a, a bit more potentially triggering. It does deal with a therapeutic, and I use that very loosely, and in quotes, therapeutic intervention uh, regarding sexual trauma. So please put yourself first in this one. And also, again, please listen to the prior episode before going into this one. All right, so this person goes on to say, there's two more little snippets here. So they said, I just don't want her using my quotes in a book. She said she's going to write about what her clients say. And it's my therapy session, not hers, to draw parallels from her own life to mine. So that is like another wrinkle here or addition, a layer. Not hers to draw parallels from her own life to mine. So to me, this... This is, sounds like some self-disclosure kind of stuff, or maybe trying to normalize or relate or maybe validate, but it crosses over into uh, a non, more of a friendly, non-professional kind of feel. That's kind of what I got from that. And did that? Did that? Did you hear that uh, differently than I did? Yep, I hear the same. I hear the same thing. Yep. I will validate that for therapists. Let me just kind of play devil's advocate. We want to help. Right. And I think the we would naturally say to a friend, oh, like me too, I had this thing that happened. Right. So there might be that natural pull. But like you said earlier, we've got to catch those and say like, okay, is this me feeling like I'm connecting or is this an actual therapeutic intervention that is designed for the client in mind first and foremost? Totally. So I can validate, you know, for, I, th- I think a lot of therapists do that, the self-disclosure thing as a way they try to help. But mm-hmm. I think it becomes... It takes over the session or it can, or it kind of like, I think it kind of maybe could even invalidate what the client's talking about. Uh, so those, those are my thoughts immediately. Like, I want to, I want to play devil's advocate and say, like, yeah, I get it, but I definitely hear where this client's coming from that it's, it's her therapy session, not the therapist, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely agree. And I think the key with all of that is, the client knowing that they are justified, it's a good enough reason, if they're looking for a good enough reason, that is good enough to to say something. And I think you can always, it's always a good enough reason, whatever, whatever your reasoning is, or whatever the, the frustration or the challenges that you're having with the clinician, I think you should always say something because it's a relationship. And I think in relationships, we have to communicate about how we're feeling and especially the therapeutic relationship, you know? I think, yeah, if if a client can handle that, sure. Now, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but for me, there's been a couple of therapists I went to where two or three sessions in, I'm like, this is not going to work out. Is it something that I feel like I want to, you know, address? Nah, let's kind of move on, you know? There actually was one, there's someone that I I met with a couple of times and she kept telling me about her mom. And like, I don't, I don't care about you. I don't, I just don't. Um, yeah. I mean, I do in general, but also yeah, yeah. that's not why I'm here. Yeah. Obviously. So yeah. I did make an attempt and I, I had said to her, um, I just need you to listen. Like, I don't need 
whatever it is. I, I just want to be understood. I want someone to listen and kind of hear where I'm coming from and, and get it. Mm-hmm. But she mm-hmm. just could not resist telling me about her mom. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. And so three sessions mm-hmm. in, I said, hey, I, I appreciate it. Got what I needed. Thank you so much. So I did make an attempt. I yeah. did. But it, it's, it can be hard because like you said the, before, that power dynamic stuff. And then speaking yeah, up for and yourself I think, and it can be difficult. Mm, the people pleasing aspect too. Right, yeah. I think that definitely a lot of us, I think, want to be known as like the good client or the, the favorite client. You know, I I would like to think that when I see my therapist that he's not like, oh God, Heidi's coming in today. You know, like I would want him to be like, oh, <laughs> Heidi, you know, like for that sure, he's yeah. excited to see me. Right. And I think our clients would be no different that they don't want to think that when I look at my diary for the day, I'm like, Oh, Justin's coming in, you know? (laughs) So I think a part of that is they want to be good. They want to be like, you know, like I want to go, I think we all want to go to therapy with like, I have good things to report, you know, like if you're a recovering alcoholic, it's like, and I had an invitation to the, to the pub and I didn't go, you know, like we want to feel like our, our therapist is going to be proud of us, you know? And so I think it, it makes it really tricky then if a therapist is doing dumb stuff or things that are frustrating or hurtful to the client, because it's really hard, I think. For them to have the the kind of courage to stand up and say something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know with with my coach, she she had her own podcast. And there was a time where she shared like something about a client. I'm like, that's me. She's talking about me. I felt so special. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. You made the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So one last piece from this. Uh, it's not hers to draw parallels from her own life to mine. Okay. Last piece. My gut was telling me that these things were wrong, but thanks to my traumatic past, I have a hard time being able to correctly identify red flags. Thanks to your podcast, my feelings were validated. Purple heart emoji. All right. So this kind of ties in with what you just said, where it's it can be hard to speak up, right? And part of that is like you might not feel or 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 catch those red flags that are there or maybe are very muted or maybe they're not there at all. I don't know, but all, all that ties in. And that's why the therapeutic relationship is so unique. And it's not, it's not just hanging out. It's not getting coffee. It has that feel kind of, but it's not just that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the, the finding a therapist feeling like coffee is where you want to start that it's after that first session it felt like we were that was that was fun that was enjoyable or whatever not fun necessarily but like that was positive yeah yeah the thing i think that this person is reflecting on though with the trauma background is trauma or no trauma most of us can relate to the experience from our childhood of feeling invalidated or that your experience is dismissed or not real you're upset about whatever and the grown-ups around you go stop being so dramatic stop being so sensitive or whatever and we're taught most of us are taught growing up that your experience isn't different it's wrong because it doesn't match my the grown-ups experience and so the parent child dynamic then often gets replicated in the therapist client dynamic that in the same ways, if I'm used to being invalidated or my experience is dismissed, because that's how I grew up, then I will, and I don't trust my body. I don't trust my, the feedback my body's giving me. I don't trust my internal experience. If I don't, if I sort of am trained like that from ages of zero to 20, 
then when I get into therapy and I'm having that same thing of like, oh, this doesn't feel right. Well, I learned to tell that part of me to shut up a long time ago. And anytime when I was little, I was like, oh, this person creeps me out or, oh, this person makes me feel bad about myself. And then I like betrayed myself and kept going to spend time with those people. It's kind of hard to expect yourself then if you're 30, 40 or 50 to like magically turn that on and start to trust your gut and, and say that, oh, this doesn't feel right. So and that, again, is why therapy is so magical, because that often is the first relationship where people get to learn how to do that. And so that's, again, why I would always be checking in and encouraging clients to like think about what does it feel like when I said that? Or what did that feel like when um, I had to cancel our appointment last week because my daughter was sick? You know, what what did that bring up in you? And having those kind of constant conversations, I think, is then what helps repair it for people and for them to go, oh, for sure. oh is that yeah. how you do it? Is that how I say um, that felt really yucky in my tummy when you just said that, Heidi. Um, can we look, you know, whatever, like just encouraging people to to say how I feel is valid and real. And it's important for me to share that with you. And it's okay for me to share that with you. Like that is vital in therapy. This one, you said you're up for anything. I want to make sure this one has more of a sexual trauma kind of feel to it. And a little more jarring, but I want to make sure you're okay, okay. with me going forward. Okay. Yep. All right. This person says, not much to it, but they say, I'm working through grief. Therapist told me I needed to get over it. That's the first part. Well, I'll stop there. So that's the first part. This should be pretty pretty simple. Do you ever tell your, your, red flag. your clients to get over it? Red flag. <laughs> red flag. Red flag. Run out of the building. <laughs> Lord. I don't care what it is. If you tripped over, if you had a bad spray tan and it made you cry, dude, a therapist should never tell you to get over it. I don't care how seemingly little. It's not the pain Olympics. Nobody's handing out medals here of who has it worse. Like, not nah, that's that's shocking. Now, okay, let me. Add, I'll add to this then. All right, let me let's let's uh, mix it up a little bit here. So we wouldn't say get over it. That, that's ridiculous. But. But Heidi, if you're working with someone, let's say, who is having difficulties in discussing something with a parent or a spouse, or they can't get through to them, right? Is there ever a time where the message is not get over it, but the message is it's not going to work? Yes. Where it's, it's very yeah. blunt yes. to the matter. Like, we've been going over this for like a week or two. It's not going to happen. You don't control them. They're not going to hear you. Would you yes. feel comfortable with something yes. like that? Okay. Yes. I The language I'll use more often is something like, dude, I just don't know if your mom has capacity. Yeah. yeah, yeah I just totally. don't know if your mom has capacity to hear that. Or your narcissistic dad, I don't know if he has enough reflective capacity to ever apologize. You know, like kind of like sometimes I say, Maybe we we want to look about look at like grieving the parents I got versus the parents I wanted. And maybe there's some work there of the fantasy I have of how I want them to to reply to me or whatever. That's what maybe get over it might look like. And then the other would be with parenting stuff when parents say like just crazy expectations to me of like, you know, my two-year-old should apologize or my three-year-old shouldn't have a tantrum or my teenager shouldn't lie to me, you know, that I'm just like, "Mm," I'm sitting there like, oh man, wow, that's never going to happen. 
you know, like that kind of thing where all they'll yeah. say the only way they listen to me is if I yell. And that's maybe a, a, if you were, you know, transcripting and recording every session, you might catch me saying in that kind of moment, um, they only listen when I yell that I might say, dude, you're going to have to get over that way of thinking because that is just not going to work. Well, longer. I think that the that's difference- where I might say it. Yeah. And the, the difference is getting over it is you're shutting it down. You're shutting down the conversation and putting the responsibility completely on the client, which in this case, I don't think it's appropriate. Whereas saying, you know, they're not going to hear you, they're not going to get it. That's really, it's not shutting the conversation down. It's saying this, whatever you're doing is is not going to work, but what else can we do? And that maybe that's grieving some sort of relationship. Or maybe that's working out some other way of communication. It's like, this is not going to work, but that's opening up. Like, let's we have to direct our attention elsewhere rather than saying, hey, get over yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, so that was that piece. They, they go on to say, I was told to watch Fifty Shades of Grey as a band-aid for my sexual trauma. <laughs> Your face. Your face. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is that not good advice? <laughs> Dude. I'm sorry, I can't help. That yeah. is insane. It's, isn't it horrifying sometimes when people tell you about past experiences? I always do that in the first session with clients. I always go like, is this your first time in therapy or what if, what's your past experience been right. like with therapy? Right, 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 right. And it is 90% of the time, it's not good things that I'm hearing. And it's horrifying how many clinicians out there that are doing that kind of crap. Oh, my God. how That could be so re-triggering and re-traumatizing and just like flooding and oh, my God. Okay. Are you Jeepers. ready for it goes on? Yep. Oh, it gets Lord. worse. Are you up for it? Okay. Yep. All right. So I was told to watch Fifty Shades of Grey as a band-aid for my sexual trauma. Same therapist also instructed me to masturbate, even though she knew all touch felt unsafe. Oh my god. That makes me so sad. Yeah, that's not even like worth any okay. sarcastic laughter whatsoever. that's horrible no this is horrible no. like this is way way yeah. outside the realm of anything that i yeah. could normalize in therapy yeah yeah and that says to me you're dealing with a clinician who knows nothing about trauma who knows nothing about the nervous system who knows nothing about trauma and that i think is like such a key thing for people to take away from this conversation is if you have trauma in your background, which let's be honest, most of us have some kind of trauma in our background, um, mm-hmm. you need to be reading the bio of the person you're going to see or like, you know, checking out their website or talking to the receptionist or whatever to find out if they have a, under, a clear understanding of trauma. And even in the first session, I would be asking them, you know, what what put them on the spot what's your understanding of trauma who informs your work and if they're saying uh like i i want to see a trauma clinician who busts out names like gabor mate peter levine bessel van der kolk um bruce perry i want P- pat ogden i want people to be saying you know like they are informed they know what they're talking about rather than just you know oh eesh. man that's horrifying i can't yeah i can't think of when this would be remotely appropriate and like i'm really like i try to Mm -hmm. i try to say hey this is what the normal thing would look like here's out of sight of the norm i can't even like get close to so 
therapy clients, people who are in therapy listening to this, uh, if this is happening, this is that's not even close to therapy. Um, what was so? What's the problem here? Obviously, it's the advice is just. Well, I don't know what the right word is, but it's wrong. But the part of this is advice giving again. I mean, just on the basic level of advice giving. No, we don't. We don't know the answers. We know what can help. Maybe we we know we can maybe catch people's, you know, black and white thinking, extreme thinking. We can catch you know when little shifts happen in their nervous system, and that's fine. We can do that. But do we know the answers to how to fix their problems? Not exactly, no. So yeah, I be- always say you're the you're the expert on you, right? And then to parents, I always say you're the expert on your kid. I know a little bit about psychology. I know a little bit about parenting, but you're the expert on your kid, and you're the expert on you. So we don't know the like like you said, we don't know the right answer for anybody. But mm-hmm. being told to watch a movie is not a therapeutic intervention. That's just like anybody can do that. <laughs> anybody can do that. I can recommend a movie totally. to you. That's not. Yeah. Therapy. Yeah. It's not even close. Like, the, I hope someone didn't pay for that. Yeah. Now, <laughs> uh, so this, there's actually, there was someone else who had written me just another one-liner along the same vein saying, I was recommended to watch, I was recommended a movie to watch, which ended up making me feel worse about losing my dad. Mm. This is not therapy. Like, watching a movie is not therapy. Okay. Advice giving is not therapy. Mm-mm. 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 The only time when I think I've, when it, if the com- if the conversation about watching movies has come up, it would have been because I'm just thinking about this recently. You know Gabor Mate's recent one that came out, The Wisdom of Trauma, that he did in I think June and again in October. That that in people saying, um, "Have you heard about it?" And I said, yes, I've watched oh, it. Yeah, Highly yeah, recommend yeah. it. Yeah. That would be the only time that there I can go. think of saying like, yeah, or someone who's sort of new to understanding their trauma and, you know, asking, is there anything I could watch or read? And then I'll go, yeah, this is good. But I think to like process a dad's death or something like that, that's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. I, I don't know how telling someone to watch a movie. Because I think that's one thing I'm always mindful of is this – um you know, like when I first found your um, Instagram and telling clients about if you want to understand polyvagal more, check out Justin's um, Instagram and his podcast and stuff. You can learn a lot. Like for people who are, you know, keen to learn more about it, it's yeah. so great to just, you know, dive in. Um, that's where recommendations I think I would give to people is like stuff that supports their therapeutic understanding, you know. But this one sounds like, I think too, you got to be mindful of like, Am I dropping someone off into a village that's like where their trauma comes alive? You know, like if you have a clown phobia, I'm not going to tell you to go watch it, you know, like. Right. So it's like, I think you got to be thinking again, that whole, what's my motive? What's my intention of recommending this to someone? Um, And then again, for clients, I think push back and ask, oh, why? What's the premise? Is it possible that that could be flooding for me? Is it possible that that could be re-traumatizing for me? Like. I don't think there's nothing else to add. That was, I mean, but that that's what, just to like sum up like what you just said, well within the normal range of resources, not healing movies, but resources to learn and build that yeah. foundational knowledge that we can then use in therapy or yeah. build off of to normalize and build a new narrative and all that. Yeah. Way different yeah. than, hey, watch this, it'll make you feel better. 
Yes, totally. Okay. If it was that simple, we wouldn't have jobs. If it was just about like, go watch this and like, listen to that and like, boom, you know, it's like, a, right. dude, someone said to me the other day that their their last psychologist told them, um, just don't worry about it. Oh my God. You just got to stop worrying about work and stop being so stressed about work. And you just got to really be present. And, you know, I was just like, oh, I'm cured. You know, like, that's all that that's all you got to do is just don't worry about it. And it's like, and that's what I said. I was like, dude, if that was the case, I wouldn't have a job. Like... It's not that simple. Not that simple. No, it's not. No. Where can people yeah. find you? Thank you for being a part of this, by the way. Where can uh, people find you? And what do you have going on that besides an upcoming book at some point someday <laughs> that you're working on? What um, where, where can people find you? And what do you have that might be of interest to people? I have my Instagram, which is Heidi Rogers underscore. Uh, I have parenting programs, parenting webinars and stuff like that. And what I'm building now, drum roll, very excited, is a personal program, like a course for individuals in January. I think we're going to launch that, which is basically like if we were to do like 10 sessions of therapy, what would be a lot of the things that I would cover and want to teach you in those first 10 sessions? So like polyvagal. Um, understanding the nervous system, understanding the brain, trauma 101. Like it's kind of the most common stuff that I discuss, parts work, the kind of the common stuff I discuss in the first 10 sessions in a program and in a course. Um, It's not going to be therapy, but it will obviously have a therapeutic flair to it because I am a therapist, but um, it will be more just trying to figure out who am I? Why am I the way that I am? What has happened in my life to contribute to this? How can I make peace with myself, feel whole, um, find more joy in my life? I don't know, just kind of broad. Um, but I'm really excited because do you know where it actually came from? The birthplace of it is all these parents do my parenting program. And then in it, they realize, oh, this is actually about me. This isn't about my kid. I actually have like so much unresolved that. stuff of mine, you know? And that. I'm like, mm, I Trojan horse in. And so they've all said, all the parents have said to me, Heidi, can I work with you one-on-one? And I'm like, I'd love to, but I don't have like, my books are full. I don't have capacity to take on new clients. And so I was sort of like, how can I do all the things I would want to teach them in therapy? And so that's why I took it from their feedback of going, can you build something for us? And so that's where it came from. But it's not just for parents. It's for, you know, people's in their twenties. It's not, it's not just for parents, but, but yeah, so that's, that's where you can find me is Instagram. And then my website, HeidiRogers.com. All right, that sounds really yeah. cool. Uh, I I used to do a lot of parenting groups, and I loved those moments where they would say, "You know, this is more about us, isn't it?" I love those, like when they got it on their own. You know, I was like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah." Oh, so the anger management is actually about me staying regulated and not my kids. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah. yeah. Heidi, once again, thank you so much for being a part of Stuck Not Broken. I've had a ton of fun talking about bad therapy with you in these past two episodes. If you want to hear more from Heidi, she has her own podcast. It is called Tell the Others. And uh, she and I actually did, she interviewed me a while back. Uh, if you go to her her, her podcast, I'll, actually, I'll, I'll just put a link in the description. That'll be, that'll make it easier. And you can listen to her and I discuss um, polyvagal theory and therapy and other stuff. But uh, yeah, Heidi's super fun. I think you'll like her stuff a lot. Go to HeidiRogers.com or, and or. Find her on Instagram, Heidi Rogers underscore. I believe she also has a Facebook group, uh, but she has a bunch of resources on her website, free, also webinar webinars, plus her flagship parenting program, which is called 
total parenting transformation. And that's something you have to sign up for ahead of time. So go over to her website, do that now, and make sure you get on to the next round of total parenting transformation. So fellow stuck not, thank you so much for listening and or watching this. If you're on YouTube, I do hope you got a lot out of this. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It's for educational and entertainment purposes only. More resources are available in the description of this episode and in the footer of justinlmft.com. The one thing that I think people might have an issue with. Yeah. You say you're from Australia, but you don't sound like it. (laughs) I know. I'm sorry you don't get the full Aussie accent going. PDFs and stuff that was helpful in Facebook ads. Every now and then you and... have like a little accent. Every now and then. Oh yeah, I know. <laughs> Everyone says that. That they'll, my, my American friends will go, oh, Heidi, you sound so Aussie. And I'm like, I do not. You say that to my friends here and they're like, you sound as American as like apple pie, but. <laughs>